What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Heather Payne, who's the founder and CEO of Juno College of Technology. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Juno, kind of what is it and kind of what are you working on? Yeah, so Juno, uh, we're based in Toronto. I started the business almost nine years ago. It'll be nine years next year. And we are a career college. So we help people go from a career that they don't like uh, to a career that they can love. Um, And right now our focus is on web development. So we help people switch into careers where they can work as web developers. Cool. So kind of walk me through, let's say I was someone that, you know, I was in a career that was like, you know, unfulfilling and I came across this podcast or something like that. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, let's give it a shot. Can you kind of walk me through what my experience would be like kind of going through, going through the program, um, what I could expect, things I would learn, things like that? Totally. Yeah. So um, we help a lot of people, um, you know, popular segments are people switching from retail, hospitality. Um, We've helped a lot of artists switch over. Um, If they can't make a living doing the thing that they love, then they can make a living, you know, coding and, and, you know, doing their art form on the side. So those are groups that have tended to really be excited about what we do at Juno. And um, the way that it works is so you'll, you know, learn about Juno somewhere. Usually it's from word of mouth. That's uh, how most people find out about us. And you would then apply to one of our programs. Um, Then you'll speak to someone on our our, uh, student success team and they'll learn about your goals and your experience, your background. Um, Most people who come to Juno have uh, already done post-secondary college or university. So they've already graduated and they often just find that the job that they can get after college or university just isn't living up to what their expectations were. Um, They either feel that they're underemployed or they're not you know, excited about what they're doing. So they'll talk to our, um, our team about what they want to do. Um, and if they already have some coding experience, then they might be encouraged to apply directly to our bootcamp program. And so the bootcamp program is the program that helps you change careers. It's nine weeks long full time. Um, and it's delivered completely, uh, online at the moment, uh, because of COVID and, and we'll stick with it afterwards as well. Um, so you would go through that program. Um, and during that time you would learn, uh, all types of things uh, in the area of front-end development focused especially on JavaScript and uh, React. And then when you graduate, um, you'll work with our outcomes team to find a job. 
Um, if you talk to the student success team and you have no experience with coding yet, that's okay. Uh, we have a path for those folks as well. So we would uh, often recommend that students get started in a continuing education course with us. So that would be like an evening or weekend part-time course that they can do while they're still working to kind of dip their toe in, uh, see what coding's all about, see if they like the Juno environment, the experience, um, they like our curriculum. And then if they do like it, they would usually apply to the bootcamp program after that. Um, on the placement side of things, we're really placement focused institution. There's lots of places you can go and learn. Um, there's tons of ways you can learn for free online. Um, so the reason that people come to us is because we are obsessed with making sure that our students get jobs afterwards. So um, our goal, uh, you know, is to place 70% of people uh, within three months of graduating and 90% within six months. And we've hit those numbers many times. Um, COVID has thrown a bit of a wrench in uh, placement numbers. Um, so, you know, we're not hitting those numbers today, um, but definitely expect to be back there as the economies uh, of the world get past COVID and, and keep improving. So um, yeah, we work with every single graduate on their job search, coaching them on their resume, cover lever letters, um, interview skills, and uh, celebrate every single win uh, of, a, of a graduate of ours getting a job. Sounds like an awesome program. I'd love to hear, you know, uh, what's the origin story here? Why, you know, why did you decide the, to start this all that time ago and kind of, yeah, what's the, what's the origin story for it? Yeah, so I um, started learning how to code randomly in 2010. Um, I was actually living abroad at that time after graduating from school and uh, was going to a, doing a university program abroad and just found I wasn't really that into it. Um, and so I don't know where the idea came from, but I just started learning how to code. And, uh, you know, this was 2009, 2010. It wasn't like today how there's so many resources today and, you know, there's so many places you can go. It was really about like navigating out of date tutorials back then and, um, you know, trying to be on Stack Overflow and find someone friendly. Um, so it was really frustrating. Um, so after about a year or so of learning on my own, I was like, that's it. You know, Toronto, I'd, I'd moved back to Toronto by then. And I was like, Toronto needs a group for women who want to learn how to code, you know, just to make it more friendly or something like that. So I tweeted that out um, and it just was instantly popular. People loved the idea. Um, I started having people getting in touch to, you know, ask if I needed volunteers or to help build the curriculum. And, you know, a friendly stranger uh, who's now a good friend even offered me $3,000 to get the organization started. So I kind of realized like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing now. I'm building a, a, a group for women who want to learn how to code and um, started that it became uh, called ladies learning code and has since rebranded to be called Canada learning code and it's basically Canada's you know main digital literacy organization um, sort of like code.org uh, is in the states that's what uh, this organization is in Canada so that was my first um, venture and after a few months of working on that, um, I saw that there were these coding boot camps starting to pop up in the states. Uh, this was early 2012, and I saw you know General Assembly popping up, uh, Starter League, um, and um, yeah, so some other ones like that. So I'm like, okay, someone's going to do this in Toronto, and if it's not me with my experience that I've been building, helping people learn how to code in a social and collaborative way, you know, I'll be pretty upset. Um, so I started working on the idea of uh, the coding boot camp, um, which has uh, was called Hacker U back then as evolved into Juno today. Um, started working on that in February, 2012, uh, launched it in June, 2012, and had the first sold out uh, course happening in the fall of 2012. And then it's just been a, a slow and organic climb since then. Um, you know, we spent the first 
four years of the company's life, not doing any advertising, just growing rapidly through uh, word of mouth. And, you know, I've now gotten it to the point where, you know, I've, I think I've got about 35 full-time team members here at Juno. Uh, we changed our name from Hacker U to Juno to better reflect the fact that, you know, we don't want to just be a coding bootcamp. We want to be a career college and we want to be a school focused on all of the exciting up and coming careers that, that people could consider. Um, and yeah, when we look to the future, we're really thinking about like, how can we take what universities do and just do it better in every single uh, respect? One thing that's really unique about Juno, um, that's been unique about us from the beginning is, you know, we're the only coding bootcamp in North America founded by a woman. There are no others in existence out of many dozens of, of these types of organizations. And possibly as a result of that fact, or maybe because of my connection to Ladies Learning Code, obviously in the early days, um, we have an extremely diverse student body. Typically about 50% of our students are from genders that are underrepresented in the tech industry. So women, non-binary folks um, and others. And so uh, it's a really cool learning environment and a very unique place to learn. Um, we focus on being very uh, welcoming to everyone making sure that everyone feels good every single day. And it's, it's very different from that computer science environment that people might have in mind. So that's always been very important to us and you know as we grow and, and have more students it, it remains important today I appreciate you sharing that you know it's it's an awesome story of of getting started and now scaling you know uh to, to where you are today it kind of makes me kind of wonder what are your plans for the future here if you were to look out 5 10 15 50 years however far you want to look out um what does that world look like and 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 for, for Juno specifically and kind of what direction are you rowing in every day what's your big vision yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny when I started the company, it was really about scratching my own itch. You know, I wanted to learn to code. I wanted it to be easier. Um, and when I sort of made the leap and decided to do it sort of full-time as an entrepreneur, I was just trying to replace my salary at the time in my job, I was making $37,000 a year. And at some point I realized, you know, I could probably do that working for myself and it would be a lot more fun. Um, and then as the years went on, I started to build a vision. So I think, you know, my story is a really interesting example of not necessarily me that big vision right out of the gate. Um, you can you can get started and you know as long as you're making money and you get to keep surviving each year, um, you can give yourself time to figure out what that vision might be. So I would say it was sort of uh, end of 2018 that I started really thinking about like what could this become and like what what sort of foundation have we built here? And by that time the company was six years old, you know. So um, you know what we see and what I started to see around that time was you know, university is, is pretty broken. Um, I think there's a lot of things about it that, that I don't like. Um, one of the main ones being that four years is just too long. Um, it's too expensive for people to, to go to school for four years. And that may have worked when you trained at a single moment in your life for a career you held uh, for the rest of your working days, but that's not how it works anymore. People have to retrain throughout their careers. And so I wonder why we're front loading it with this four year experience when, you know, there might be a chance to give people something that takes a year or two, and that might be enough to get them, you know, started and, and into sort of their mid-career um, from there. Um, so I have a lot of problems with the cost. I also have a problem with um, the lack of connection to employment. I know that, you know, people who, um, you know, really like, they like the idea that university is just a place to learn and it's about, you know, 
gaining knowledge. Um, but the problem that I have with that is it's not practical for a lot of people um, to graduate from university and then spend a year or two or three or more, you know, being unemployed or being underemployed is really not fair. And it also affects disproportionately, you know, lower income folks um, and other groups that, that um, are, are being sort of hit harder by the, this way of doing things. And so, um, you know, I have a, a big problem with that as well. So what we're looking to do at Juno is, um, you know, shorter programs. We want to get the job done. So, you know, our front end bootcamp is nine weeks long and that's enough to get 90% of people a job within six months. Um, and we're really proud of that fact. And so we'll look to continue creating programs that have that connection to employment um, and looking at sort of how short can you go and still achieve those uh, employment outcomes. And then also we want to look at um, what are all of the emerging careers? There's so many exciting areas right now that are not being served. Um, you know, industry is not being served because there's no talent that can do those jobs. And also students aren't being served because they're not being taught modern careers. And so we like to scan the landscape and see what's coming down the pipeline. What are the skills that people need that employers are willing to pay a lot for because they're so rare. And those are the areas where we want to keep building programs. Um, so when I look forward, you know, 10, 20 years, I mean, I'm so grateful that uh, this is my life and, and the work that I get to do every single day. Um, we're largely self-funded and, and remain profitable today. So we are a going concern. We're not going anywhere. Um, we did go through Y Combinator uh, last year and, you know, raised a small seed round, but we haven't spent it. It's sitting in our account waiting for, you know, the moment when we're like, ah, oh, we, we know what we're doing, you know, in a big way. And we're ready to kind of make a big splash about it. Um, so I, I always say to people like, this is my life's work. I will be doing this um, for the next many, many decades. Um, no plans to change, no plans to sell, um, just plan to keep kind of like prodding away at this at this problem. And, you know, if, if we grow um, as we have, you know, 30% a year or whatever it may be, this is going to be a really big company in a few decades. And so part of it is about being patient um, and, you know, working on that goal every single day, bringing the right people along for the journey, having the right people on the team, and just knowing that, you know, in 10 or 20 years, like this is going to be a really significant force, not just in Canadian education, but possibly around the world. And then to kind of make that vision come to life and create that big company that you that you want to create, you're obviously going to need some help, right? Every company need, needs help along the way. It takes a village to grow a startup or a company. So my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you looking for students or instructors? Are you looking potentially more capital, looking for team members? Are you hiring? I guess overall, how can the listeners and the forward-thinking founders community assist? Yeah, I mean, the thing I would love the most is, um, you know, for more people to know about us, we spent most of the, you know, first four years of the company's life not advertising at all. Um, we obviously are now starting to, to ramp up advertising and, and learning how to do um, marketing, but still 90% of our students come to us through word of mouth. We haven't cracked like how to get the word out about the great work that we do. And, you know, our programs are incredibly good. We have programs, many of our programs that have, you know, I, saw, I just saw the results come in from our, a program that wrapped up and it has a net promoter score of positive 94. That's like insane. Like it's really, really good. So um, if what I've said today appeals to anyone uh, listening, um, you know, check out our website at junocollege.com. And if you know anyone who you think might be a fit and when, if what I've described kind of appeals to you and you think it might appeal to them, please let them know because we'd love to have more people spread the word about what it is that we're up to. And then for my last question, you know, if someone wanted to you learn more about what you're doing, get in touch, you know, share it with a friend, how can they find you online? Do you have a website? Uh, are you on social media or is there an email address? How can people get in touch? 
Yeah, the, the best way is to get in touch. I mean, so the, the company website is junocollege.com. The company's also really active on uh, Instagram. We do like a takeover every Tuesday with a grads. You can kind of learn a little bit about their life and their journey. Um, and so junocollege.com and at junocollege on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And then for me personally, Twitter and Instagram are also the best place. So I'm at Heather Payne, P-A-Y-N-E uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, you can see mostly work comments uh, and society and the world. And then on Instagram, I share photos uh, of nature, uh, real estate projects that I'm working on, and also my two kids. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me.